Hola, bienvenidos. Welcome to the Learn Spanish Con Salsa podcast. I'm your host, Tamara Marie. Before we get started with this episode, I have a quick question for you. What are you doing to improve your Spanish this summer? Summer is a time for vacations, for getting away, and you might even be planning on visiting a Spanish-speaking country. So it is the perfect time to improve your conversational skills because let's face it, if you've been learning Spanish for any length of time and you haven't been having regular conversations, you are going to fall behind. So this summer, we are not gonna let you do that. Here at Spanish Con Salsa, we are offering a summer boot camp. This is an eight-week boot camp that will focus on Caribbean Spanish and also Spanish grammar. So we're gonna be looking specifically at the past tense. A lot of people get confused between el imperfecto, el preterito, when do I use which one? And we're also gonna be exploring the Caribbean with Puerto Rican Spanish, Cuban Spanish, and Dominican Spanish. So you will have an opportunity opportunity to improve your Spanish and you'll also be able to attend regular conversation practice sessions facilitated by a native speaker all as a part of our Spanish fluency club this summer so if you are interested go to spanishconsalsa.com slash summer that's spanishconsalsa.com slash summer Registration is open now through Sunday. We have limited spots available. So if you're interested, I encourage you to press pause now before you listen to this episode. Scroll down to the description and click on the link or just go to SpanishConSalsa.com slash summer. Hope to see you in the boot camp. Now let's get started with this week's episode. Have you been learning Spanish, but you actually want to start speaking the language? If you want to make 2023 the year that you get fluent in Spanish, I invite you to join us for the 2023 Spanish Conversation Challenge. In this free five-day challenge, we will get you speaking Spanish each and every day so that you gain confidence and you're able to have conversations with native speakers. To sign up now and let our team help you take your next step towards Spanish fluency, go to SpanishConversationChallenge.com. That's SpanishConversationChallenge.com. When was the last time you had a really good conversation where you felt like you really connected with the person or people you were talking to? Maybe you learned something new, you shared some laughs, you really just enjoyed connecting with other people in conversation. Now I want you to think about what it would be like to have that conversation in Spanish. In this episode, we're going to explore the five reasons that you're not fluent in Spanish yet. And I'll talk about some ways that you can start to build up to be able to have those types of conversations in the language that you're learning right now. Entonces, vamos a empezar. Let's get started. Bienvenidos. Welcome to the Learn Spanish con Salsa podcast, the show for Spanish learners that love music, travel, and culture. Close your grammar textbooks, shut down the language apps, and open your ears to how Spanish is spoken in the real world. Let us show you how to go from beginner to bilingual. Here is your host, certified language coach, Tamara Marie. Hola, bienvenidos al episodio 170. Welcome to episode 170 of the Learn Spanish Con Salsa podcast. In this episode, we're going to explore the reasons why you are not yet fluent in Spanish. 
And I know that if you're listening to this podcast, you have a goal to be able to speak Spanish with some confidence. And eventually you'd like to get to a point where you speak Spanish just as well as you speak your native language. So in order to do that, it's really important to focus on the right things. So I know a lot of people spend a lot of time studying Spanish, maybe learning a lot of grammar, learning vocabulary, without ever really testing it out in the real world. And if you do, you just lack a lot of confidence in your ability to hold a conversation for any meaningful length of time. So in this episode, we're going to explore why that is so that we can begin to focus exactly on those things that we need to do specifically to become fluent in the language. Uh, I do want to let you know also that we will be opening up the doors soon for our Spanish Fluency Club. So if you are interested in taking your Spanish to the next level, uh, if you think you're going to have uh, some additional time as we're uh, approaching summer, right? It's spring right now. Uh, but time starts to fly around this time of year. And we will be opening the doors up again very soon. So if you're interested in being one of the first people to know when we're welcoming new members into our Spanish Fluency Club, which is our group coaching program where we have weekly live conversation sessions, you have access to all the resources you need to really get to Spanish fluency, um, you can go right now to SpanishConSalsa.com slash join. That's SpanishQuanSalsa.com slash join, and you will see the link there to sign up for our wait list. So you will be given priority again, so you want to make sure that you're on that list. If you're thinking about it, if you know that this is the year that you want to make some real progress, and you want to stop just being a Spanish learner and become a confident speaker of the language, SpanishQuanSalsa.com slash join to sign up for our wait list for the Spanish Fluency Club. Okay, so let's talk about these five things that are getting in the way of you becoming fluent in Spanish. And I like to give these names because to me, these are just voices in our head that may not have come from us. They may have come from misconceptions we picked up uh, when we were younger or things that we believe about language learning that just aren't true. And if we tackle some of these and, and really begin to look at them, then we can really focus on how we get to fluency. So Let's look at the first one, and I like to call this one affectionately La Vieja, which is like the old lady. <laughs> so La Vieja is that voice that you have that says, you should have started learning Spanish when you were a baby. You know, if you didn't start learning from the womb, there's no way you're ever going to be bilingual. You'll never be able to speak without an accent. It's impossible. It's too late. You're too old all of those messages. Um, and this really came from this notion that children are somehow superior at learning languages than adults. And now I will say there are definitely some major advantages to starting, uh, to starting your exposure to multiple languages when you are at a very young age, mainly because you're able to uh, encode certain patterns of language and also specifically of sounds much easier um, into your brain when you're younger. However, adults have something called neuroplasticity, which is a term that basically means that the brain is changeable. 
right? So plasticity is this idea that our brains can change. And yes, while as adults, we may have other responsibilities and things that keep us from becoming full-time language learners, unless we're learning language for specifically for a job or something to that effect, and we've had that dedicated time for it in our training, yes, it can be more challenging to schedule things. However, as an adult, we have the benefit of, of knowledge and experience that we didn't have when we were much younger. So as children, we really didn't even learn grammar until we started going to school, but we were already speaking the language with our families before we learned anything about grammar. So the way that we're learning languages now, at least primarily the way language is taught with a grammar focus, is really ineffective. So this idea that it's too late to start learning a language is completely false. And many adults successfully learn languages. Um, and it's not a thing that's unachievable. And it's not going to be harder uh, just because you're not four years old. In fact, you have many, many advantages. You have tools that you didn't have when you were four, as I'm sure you will acknowledge. <laughs> you're probably a lot smarter now as well. And all of those things help you identify patterns in the language, um, increases your memory, and it's really just a great way for you to approach language learning, knowing that you didn't have to start as a child. You have not missed the boat. So I hope that's that will help you kind of get rid of this idea that somehow you are inadequate as a language learner just because you didn't start when you were a child. The second voice in your head that might be keeping you from becoming fluent in Spanish is the that mean teacher, right? You may have had a teacher when you were in uh, middle school or grade school, high school, maybe even college, right? When you were learning languages in a very formal setting, and maybe you didn't do so well. You know, I know many people who have had bad experiences, not just with language learning, but also with learning other things. Like maybe you were learning to play the piano when you were younger, but you had, uh, you felt like it was torture because you had a teacher that wanted you to practice every day and you wanted to go outside and play with your friends. Uh, or you had a, an experience where you were tested quite frequently, but you're just not good at taking standardized or formal tests. So you tend to freeze up. You have a lot of anxiety, even though you know the information, it's really hard for you to perform well on standardized tests. And therefore you have a negative experience with academics, even if you love learning. So it's something similar with language. I think many of us um, had to select language as an elective or part of our curriculum in school. Depending on the school we went to and the quality of that education, we may or may not have done very well, and we may or may not have had a great experience with it. And if you're carrying that with you now and you have this association with learning Spanish as something that you're just not good at because you failed a grammar test in seventh grade, that can be keeping you from really immersing yourself in the language to the degree that you need to to become fluent and doing it wholeheartedly with the idea that you actually are capable of mastering a second language or maybe even a third or fourth. So I think this is something that it's really good to examine. What is our attitude about language learning? What were our earlier experiences and what are our expectations of ourselves? Do we think that this is going to be hard? Because if you think that in the beginning, then it's going to be hard, right? They say, there's a saying like, whether you believe you can or you can't, you're right. So, and again, I know this is more mindset focused, but it really is important because if you think that you are a person who is inherently not good at learning languages, it is going to be very difficult for you to make progress. 
So those are those are the first two, La Vieja, that idea that you started too late, and this mean teacher who's telling you that if you don't pass grammar tests, then somehow you'll never be fluent in Spanish. The next one is similar. I like to call her, or him, we, we, don't, we don't have to make it gender specific, <laughs> or they, La Profesora, uh, or El Profesor. And this is the idea that you absolutely must speak the language flawlessly before you can consider yourself fluent. So this this voice of la profesora might be telling you that you absolutely have to reach the C2 level, and that's by the Common European Framework of Languages, or CFR, you know, before you even start speaking Spanish, before you dare utter a word in a conversation that you best believe you have to know how to conjugate every verb, the exact right way to say things, the correct pronunciation of every word before you even have a conversation. So it's basically the perfectionist idea, you know, and as a recovering perfectionist, <laughs> I definitely understand wanting to be uh, competent as you approach uh, something new. The problem is it's impossible to get to that level of competence without making a lot of mistakes. And so this idea that you have to be perfect before you even get started is actually very counterproductive because the fact that you're not getting started until you wait till you get perfect or good enough, whatever good enough is in your head. Oh, maybe after I get through this first uh, section of Duolingo, or oh, maybe after I learn how to conjugate verbs in the present tense, or oh, maybe after I learn the subjunctive, or oh, after I know exactly how to do the trilled R sound so that I'm, I don't sound like an American. Like If you have all of these criteria in place that are stopping you from having conversations, you absolutely will not be able to improve. So if you have this perfectionist professora voice in your head, I want you to challenge that notion and just get used to making mistakes and get comfortable with the idea. And in fact, maybe even set a goal of how many mistakes can I make? How many holes in my knowledge can I identify today? And do that through conversation. That way you'll actually be practicing the language and then you'll be able to identify words that you don't know, pronunciation mistakes that you're making. Um, identify those holes in your vocabulary and those misunderstandings that you have and things that you don't understand when you hear someone else speaking, but do that through conversation so they are actually using the language. And trust me, it will make sure that whatever you learn sticks a lot. Um, it sticks more, right? So if you learn something in a conversation where you make a mistake or you're searching for a word that you don't know in the middle of a, of a conversation while you're talking, when you learn that information, you are much more likely to remember it in the future. So please do not wait until you have reached whatever you're waiting for, whatever the excuses that you're telling yourself right now that you can't have a conversation in Spanish because you wouldn't know what to say or you would freeze up or, you know, you, you might forget the exact words or you don't, you, you're afraid that someone's going to say something you don't understand. All of those things will happen. That is part of the process of learning to speak a language fluently. So just try to shift your mindset around that to say, I don't have to be perfect. No one's perfect. And I will let you in on a secret. Native Spanish speakers don't speak Spanish perfectly. The same way you probably don't speak English perfectly. You know, but you couldn't tell someone that you're not fluent in English just because you may make a mistake or you spell a word incorrectly or, you know, English is a complicated language for many people to learn as a second language. And it was probably complicated for you to learn in school, too. 
I know grammar in English is notoriously difficult uh, to the point where we have a software like Grammarly that actively helps us correct and edit ourselves because it can be that complicated. But again, no one would ever question whether or not you're fluent in English just because you make mistakes. So keep that in mind when you're learning and speaking Spanish and try to shift your mindset to, I'm going to make mistakes and that's perfectly okay. That is the key to actually getting fluent. Okay, so there's there's two more reasons that I want to go over. And again, I do want to remind you that, like I said, we are here at Spanish Con Salsa to help you. We have a phenomenal team. Uh, and if you're interested in learning how we might be able to help you get over some of these these things that are keeping you from fluency, make sure you sign up, SpanishQuantSalsa.com slash join. Again, we'll have different options for coaching. We also do have one-on-one coaching, and we can talk to you more about that as well if you're interested, but it all starts with you signing up on our wait list, SpanishQuantSalsa.com slash join, and we can get you all that information so that we can really help you get over some of these impediments to fluency. So the last two, okay, so this is another one that I love. This is the Time Cop. No, I did originally call it the time Nazi, but you know, time cop is a little more benign. <laughs> so the time cop is the person or that voice in your head that says you do not have enough time to learn the language. Unless you are studying full time, four hours a day, each and every day or eight hours a day, there's no way you're going to become fluent. And I do want to let you know that, you know, while yes, there is a, there is room for deep focus and study that when it comes to learning the language, you have to expose yourself to the language in many different ways. And all of that doesn't require you to sit in front of a computer and go through a course uh, every single day for hours on end. In fact, you actually do yourself a disservice because you will end up forgetting most of what you learn in these very long binge-like sessions. So I tend to recommend that you want to keep your sessions of exposure to Spanish short, especially if you're a beginner starting out because you're, you're not going to be able to retain all the information that you're taking in. So if you want to study in short bursts, I would really say sessions around 30 minutes are ideal, especially if you're having conversations because you don't want to burn yourself out. You don't want to do too much. You can always take a break and come back to it later. And, you know, even if you're going to spend an hour in a day, I would break it up into maybe two 30-minute sessions. Make sure that you take a break, you sleep on it, you come back the next day, you review the material, because that is the best way that things will stick. But you do not have to spend eight hours a day listening to Spanish in order to become fluent. And you do have the time. That's one of the things we really do work with our community on a lot is time management. It's how do you fit in everything that you have to learn with everything that you already have to do in your life so that you can actually achieve your goal of speaking Spanish with confidence. That is definitely something we work on with everyone in our community. Uh, so if you feel like your schedule is impossible, trust me, we've seen it all. Uh, working mothers, uh, nurses, shift workers, um, people who may may um, have their own businesses. I mean, we have worked with all types of folks in our community and we make it work for everyone with the time that you have available and we help you find that time that you need. So no, you don't need to spend 10,000 hours, you know, to be fluent in Spanish. I know that was a myth some years ago that 10,000 hour rule to, to master anything, but you don't need 10,000 hours to get fluent in Spanish. So the last reason that you're, that you're not fluent is this idea of the nomad. And this is the mindset that says, Let, listen, if you really want to be fluent in Spanish, you have to move abroad. You have to go to another country and then you will just magically learn the language because you'll be forced to speak it. 
And I can tell you that that's not true. And you may have um, have witnessed something like this before. So wherever you live in the world, you may have communities in your city or your, your town, wherever you are. You might have communities that are immigrant communities of people who have moved uh, to your area, to your country, and maybe they don't speak the language. And they may live there for 20 or 30 years and never learn the language. Now, what does that mean? Because if language osmosis was a real thing, if you could just learn a language by being around it and being forced to speak it, why is it that there are, there are grown people, people who've been living in countries for years, decades, and do not speak the language of the country that they live in? It's because of that idea is not true. The idea that through travel, you're going to just magically become fluent or, you know, studying abroad for a semester and immersing yourself in the language is what is going to be the key to fluency is false. In fact, those experiences are often enriched by the fact that you learn the language before you travel so that you feel a lot more prepared. You know, think about it. Travel in itself is stressful. Whether you're staying somewhere for three days, three weeks, or three months, being out of your home environment is going to add a level of stress that is going to make it harder for you to learn anything, let alone become fluent in a new language. So just taking those human factors into consideration and also the fact that it's much more difficult when you immerse yourself in the language to learn. Uh, it's the idea that, you know, growing up when there's some parents, instead of teaching their kids how to swim, they would just throw them in the pool because they go, oh, you know, they, they still have the reflexes from being a toddler. They can still swim. And some children were traumatized by that and, and are afraid of water to this day because someone threw them into the deep end of the pool and they almost drowned. That is not the best way to learn a language. So please do not think that you just need to go, you know, drop yourself off in the middle of Mexico City, stay there for a year, and then, you know, will yourself to fluency. That is the most stressful and inefficient way to learn a language. Uh, in fact, we've had several members of our community do the opposite and see success. Um, like, we'll, we'll be sharing some some more of those stories with, with people with you uh, throughout the next week or so as well. Uh, but we had a member, um, one of our founding members, actually, Kayla. She actually has a background, like her family uh, is from Cuba, and she wanted to be able to speak the language so that she could communicate with them. And so she started to learn Spanish before she traveled so that she could have a good experience when she was in Cuba. She's also traveled to Puerto Rico and she's now uh, in the Dominican Republic. I think she's still there, uh, but she was one, she was featured on our black expat series because she actually was able to move to the Dominican Republic. And she said, she's so glad that she immersed herself in the language while she was at home before she traveled because it gave her the confidence to travel on her own and she also was much more comfortable when she got there to talk to her neighbors to talk to people and really make friends and develop a community there but she said it was only possible because she spent the time learning before she got there so the five reasons you are not fluent in Spanish is because you think that you need to move abroad you don't have the time you have to be perfect you're just not good at languages or that you have waited too late to learn. And none of those things are true. In fact, you really only need three things to be fluent in Spanish. And I know they're simple and, and we all know that they're pretty straightforward, but they're not always easy skills to develop. You have to know three simple things. One is you have to know what to say. So you need some vocabulary. You need to know words. Uh, two, you need to know how to say it. So that's your pronunciation and your grammar. 
And then you have to understand what's being said to you. So that's again, your listening comprehension. You don't necessarily need to be very good at reading in Spanish, although a lot of us tend to be much better at reading the language before we can speak and hear and understand it. But those are really the only three things you need. And those are the three things that you need to focus on doing regularly and with a strategy that really works. And again, that's that's really what we'll be talking about throughout this next week is how do we get you to shed those excuses for why you're not fluent yet? Because again, none of them are true. No matter how much you believe them, no matter how many times you may have heard someone else say them before, every single day in our community, we prove that those things are not true. We have members who, who started when they were retired learning languages. We have people who started when they were in their teens and 20s. We have people in their 30s and 40s. It really doesn't matter. The only real time constraint is the time that it takes you to make the decision that you're going to do what you need to do in order to really get fluent and stop just playing around. You know, and by that, I mean going listening to things, uh, you know, like this or just like, you know, going to YouTube and watching videos, downloading apps. It really feels like you're making progress. But if you actually look back a month ago, three months ago, a year ago, where is your Spanish now? What progress have you made as of today that you that you didn't have maybe three to six months ago? And if the answer is you're not sure, then maybe it's time to have a different strategy so that you can focus on fluency and not just saying that you're interested in learning Spanish but get to the point where you can actually speak the language. So again, I hope this was helpful. I hope something this episode uh, you've taken away. And, I, and I'm really curious to hear which one of these resonates with you. If any of these are the things that are, have been stopping you from Spanish fluency, reach out to us on Instagram at Learn Spanish Con Salsa. Let us know what's keeping you from fluency and we can let you know how we can help you take that next step to get over those impediments. As always, I hope something that you heard in this episode of the podcast has helped you go one step closer from Spanish beginner to bilingual. Hasta próxima. Thank you for listening to the Learn Spanish Con Salsa podcast at LearnSpanishConSalsa.com.